Welcome to BFF, where Alex and Dave relive their most memorable experiences involving the perfect trifecta, beer, fly fishing, and food. Now here are your hosts, Alex Ramirez and Dave Schoenzeit. Hello? Hey. What's happening, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, you would think that after all the episodes we've done that I would just automatically get all this shit right. Just feel like I'm... I don't know. Maybe after 20 more episodes. <laughs> what are we on? Like 18? Do we have, do we have eight? 20. This is 20? Oh, wow. We have 20. I didn't know we had that many. Yeah, dude. We're, we're like uh, making things happen here. It's been fun. It's a fun ride, dude. You know what I mean? It is. And I, I, it is. I don't, it's not like I don't talk to you enough. But, uh, it's nice yeah. to have other people we talk conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that was kind of, you know, that, that I, the whole idea from this came from that. I mean, we pretty much, yeah, we talk pretty regularly. I guess most good friends do. I don't know, maybe not, but we do. We definitely do. Yeah. So it keeps us close, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> keeps us close. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so dude, have you been fishing? uh i fished i fished this morning i got onto this private lake uh, my friend lives on the lake and it used to fish incredible back in the day i used to fish it with dave actually uh, back when we were just out of high school and it's been a long time but uh went out there today and it was cool i was fishing my three weight i caught a, a tank of a carp might be the biggest carp i've ever caught on my three weight and uh that fish like hunted down a stripped leech and 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 ate it in super shallow water i'm not used to seeing carp so predatory it was kind of a yeah and then proceeded to tow me all around the lake in my in my little modular pontoon boat it was a lot of fun man it was it was really cool kind of made my day besides that fishing was pretty slow um that place has kind of taken a dump in the last 20 years or so they've had some some pollution issues major algae blooms low oxygen fish kills you know okay. all the things all the things associated with you know maybe a, a watershed that that's lacking lacking in homeostasis you know right. where the, it, it's just but i mean it was cool to get back out there it was definitely nostalgic i probably haven't been out there in 20 years so it was cool dude that's awesome man dude that's yeah, i mean like i said even though it wasn't great having a carp eat a leech pattern on a three-way that's sick that's yeah sick. i mean the carp was probably like like eight pounds or better i mean it was a, a huge fat wide fish that yeah it was it was it was it was a gem man um one of the you know probably one of the best fish of my, i mean i i will never forget that fish that's for sure and it was just cool to get it you know in that setting on that lake that i haven't fished in a long time where i do have you know, so many memories, you know, attached to fishing that place. So yeah, it was definitely yeah. cool, man. Definitely cool. That's awesome. what, have you been fishing or what? No. Come on, Dave. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I have not been fishing. I'm hoping to get out this week. Since the last time we did the episode, yeah, I, ha I didn't fish. Went to visit family and um, that's pretty much, pretty much it. And then back, back at work, you know? Yeah. yeah. Work, what's that? <laughs> yeah and i, I, I guess you got you got the kids going back to school too 
kids go back to school tomorrow. Dude, that's is, crazy. Yeah, so how's that back. whole thing with, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not going back to school. No. Back it, yeah, it's a whole distance learning thing, and which they did kind of the end of the semester last year, and it seemed to work out okay. And then um, the, let me hold on. Our, our guest is getting in touch with us right now. Hold on here, just send you the invite. Um, so yeah, so they have the whole distance learning thing. So they weren't sure how it was gonna work out when they went back this fall, but they decided to go back to distance learning. And I think it's just, uh, it's gotta be a, a logistical nightmare for these, um, for these, I think, to, just for everybody, you know? So yeah, cool. I was, dude, My for youngest. the parents, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> I, I don't even know how, like, I, we don't have kids and all my friends with kids are so spun because it's such a wrench in the gears of everything. I mean, you kind of, you know, kind of mold your life around this idea that when your kids hit a certain age, you know, your days become free to get things done or work or whatever. And then obviously yeah. this is just, all oh, that's out the door and it's i you know not so much for you two because i know that you guys have a really strong you know marital foundation but i have yeah. friends that are that are married and it's like i i kind of feel i feel that their relationships are somewhat already holding on by a thread and now yeah. you throw you throw this in there and it's just you know it, it makes everything exponentially more stressful exponentially more difficult you know it's yeah. i don't know I'm just looking in from the outside. I can't, I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine what that must be like, but. No, dude, it's, uh, yeah. So anyway, so like the, how screwed up things are. So Cole got his, my youngest son, who's a freshman, got all his classes and they're all electives. There's like no math, uh, no, you know, English, no, his, like nothing. It was. So like, electives like what? Like, tell <laughs> like me. it was uh, broadcasting and PE and, um, the other one was choir. He's like, that was my, oh my, my last choice. He's like, I didn't want choir because I just had to put something down. And they gave Dude, it to I, I will go back to school with that schedule. <laughs> choir, so broadcasting, and PE. Yeah, man, sign me up for that. That's nice. That's I, I mean, if you're back, you know, I guess that's about as, as good as it could be, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Hey, I guess he's on. Marcella. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Hey, What's Marcella. Happening? Hey, hey guys, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So this is Dave. I know you haven't met Dave. but he's Hi, Marcella. Out. Hi, Dave. I can't believe we haven't met, actually. I know. I really I. Can't. Yeah. I mean, just the time that you spent. Well, even before we get all into this, because we got, we got a lot to talk about. First, we need to crack <laughs> some beers because I've been waiting to drink some beer all day. Uh, I mean, I know. I, me too. I just cracked mine, actually. Oh, good for you. Yeah, some guests they they they're like waiting for the queue, but yeah, they're ready? always waiting for us. <laughs> I, it was it was hard to wait till four thirty. <laughs> no. I like your style. <laughs> yeah. So what are you drinking, Marcella? I am drinking. I went to Mike Hess Brewery, which is um, yes. there's actually one really close to my house. It's a block away, so it's dangerously close. Um, and I got a beer, a uh, hazy IPA. Yeah. Nice. I was talking. I was talking to um, Alex from the Fly Stop the other day, and I told him that I was having a hazy IPA from Mike Hess, and he's like, "Oh, are you having the assaulted by a by a feather pillow?" 
And I'm like, what are you, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, there's a, there's a hazy IPA called Assaulted by a Feather Pillow. So that's the one that I got today. And it's actually delicious. So I'm pretty, pretty excited I, they, about it. They have some good beers. I've had some, I've enjoyed some of the, some of the Mike Hess beers. I've had some good ones. And I just found out that Mike is a, is a big fly fisherman. I haven't yeah. known, but. Yeah, he's a big fly fisherman. I know that, uh, well, Alex and some of the other cats down there are all good friends of them because when we've done events down at the fly stop, they have beer from Mike Hess, which is super That's cool. awesome. Yeah, it's How good much? beer. It's a really cool place here. They have city tacos there too, so they're, they're a really cool place. Now, I can't, um, so which one is it? I've been to one down there, and, and now I can't remember where. It's got it's like a, some outdoor It's in Imperial Beach. Yeah, that's the one. It's in Imperial Beach, um, okay. right on the coast. Oh, that's not the one I went to. I went to the oh. inland one. Oh, okay. Like I guess they all have outdoor seating. Right. That's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah, now you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Now it's a requirement. Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's not even bring that up. I know. Well, I, we'll, we we'll actually just... We just had uh, our last guest just opened a cafe in February of 2020. So literally right before this whole thing happened. So it's just kind of, it's crazy how much they've had to adjust. It's been, I mean, it's difficult and stressful anyways, opening any kind of an eatery, but you throw this whole nightmare in, in the middle of it. And it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I but like imagine. we were, yeah. yeah, like we were saying, you know, just if once, once, once he gets through this, it's going to be everything. It's going to be downhill from here on out. I mean, everything's going to be, you know, cream cheese. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's funny. So Dave, yeah. what are you drinking, dude? Uh, today I am drinking a Carl Strauss mosaic session, mm -hmm. which is hands down my favorite session IPA. Um, I'm, really? I think anybody, all our listeners uh, know that I'm definitely fond of the Carl Strauss beers, but their, uh, their mosaic is just a single hop mosaic session. It's five and a half percent. So I can have three or four or five or 10 and still, <laughs> still, still manage. Okay. But, and it's just a delicious beer. Anybody that hasn't had it. Um, and it's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's kind of a liminal beer. It's not a beer that is so gnarly and heavy. A lot of people kind of shy away from the West Coast IPAs. It's just there's too much going on. Uh, Mosaic is a lot more, you know, easy drinking and uh, people that are more, you know, more adapt to, uh, you know, pilsners and, and lagers and, and lighter ales, pale ales. I think it's a much easier transition. So, so yeah, enjoying it. What about you, Alex? So I cracked open uh, beer from this local brewery. I think I mentioned it last time but it's called Slice Beer Company. Yeah, you were talking about them. Yeah, I think they just have created this like super demand for their beer. They're just coming out with a bunch of different beers like every, you know, whatever the course is, you know, every four or five weeks is a new beer that they're just coming out with. And this one was uh, released, I think early summer, but it's called Doobie Snacks. And uh, <laughs> Doobie so it's got Snacks. Like, Doobie snacks, so exactly what you think it means. It means so on the back of the can it says, uh, "We just got the thing to turn that frown upside down." We call it Doobie Snacks. It's an 8.5 percent West Coast double that pairs your best pairs with your best buds, <laughs> friends, or marriage you want. I'm guessing. Doobie right. That, yeah. It's, 
You just read the you just read the label. <laughs> I you just never read it. That's what it said. On. <laughs> I mean, that's so unoriginal, dude. Like you're supposed to, in your own words, articulate. I know, but I just thought the what it like and how. Right. I'm it's a pretty cool description, though. It's like anyway. they're, they're coming up with like really good names and descriptions these days. Yeah. Like I, you, they you have, have to get to. creative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all kinds. They have one called Mac Salad, and they have one that's called something green. And they make a lot of doubles and triple IPs. This is a double, but a lot of heavy hitters, dude. They're just like knocking out of the park. But super good beer. Um, this one is uh, like West Coast. It's got the Mosaic, Simcoe, Citra. Just a super well, I wouldn't say traditional, but it just falls right in line with the whole West Coast IPA taste, smell. Nice. Killer. I'm nice. It. Yeah, man. So, nice. Marcella, you got yeah. – uh, so cheers to you. Salute. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. I, mean, I wish we could be cheering in person. I know. This would be way better if we were all in person. And, like, we just came off the water or something like that. Wow. That would be nice. I am happy, though, to be back in California where there's really good beer. I was just listening to you guys, and it's like, man, Argentina, we have some really good stuff. But beers and microbreweries are just starting. So there's there's some really good ones, you know, but they'll be mostly, you know, in, in BA in the capital. But mm -hmm. it's slowly spreading to where microbreweries are becoming a, a cool thing to do. So Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's a big deal. Like, I love it. And what's great about you, you're, you're living back in San Diego right yeah, now. People are San learning, Diego but San, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, San Diego has amazing breweries. Oh my God. Like you, cool. you need a lifetime to try them all. Yeah. Marce Marcella, you're, you're, you're enjoying that beer on a whole different level after being in Argentina for a while, coming back. Exactly. It, it, exactly. You almost need to step away from things. I don't know. That's, there's something in regards to human nature about that. You know, it's just <laughs> step away, you know, take a break. And then when you come back, it's just everything's accentuated that much more. Yeah, in the same way when I go back there, you know, there's like right, things right, that I absolutely. that I enjoy on both countries very differently, and I, I'm I'm very fortunate that I get to you know live half my half my year there and half my year here. So I just I come back here and I have Mexican food and sushi like there's no tomorrow, and, <laughs> right. and then I go down there and I eat steak for six months straight that I know exactly where it's coming from. So right. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I mean, you are a groundbreaking woman, and we're so honored to have you on the show because, I mean, you know, you, uh, you, you're, you're a person that is, uh, you are, now, let me understand this correctly. You're the first female Argentinian fly fishing guide, correct? I am in my province. So there's, there's I think there's one more. I mean, I'm, it's, it's kind of interesting to be talking about one or two more in the country, but yeah. Right. In activity that, you know, spends the entire season working, I am the only one that I know of. Um, I think wow. that there, if, if there was another one, I would probably know. There's, there's one more that graduated the same year that I did, but in a different province. Um, and other okay. than that, I'm, I'm not aware of anybody else working. I, I know what? that there's, there's a couple more, but that, you know, they kind of do, you know, a trip here and there. Um, not someone that actually does the entire season again right. that's that i'm aware of you know I, I i couldn't tell you exactly but as far as i know yes <laughs> we're gonna say we're gonna say you're the first and you're the most important because yes. you're exactly. you're on our podcast that's Perfect. Exactly. i am the first and, only and the best that's, that's right. right that's exactly it yeah if anybody has a problem with that they gotta come say it to our face exactly exactly yeah. and in, yeah. in your 
in your province, Marcella, so you have to actually be a native Argentinian in order to be a fly fishing guide. Is that, is yes. that accurate? That's accurate. Yep. You have to be um, born and raised there or you have to um, be nationalized, I suppose. But yeah, you have to be an Argentine to get the license. And the province that I'm at, it, uh, the name is Chubut, C-H-U-B-U-T. Mm -hmm. um, that province is um, known in the whole country for being actually one of the hardest ones and the longest um, courses to become uh, a guide. So it's actually pretty difficult. It so was you're, insane. you're a bona fide badass. I mean, we'll just no, you know, no, no, just call. You know, yes, you are. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. So you got to like all. break down the, you know, the path to get there. Yeah. You know? How do you get I mean, there? I, oh, yeah, how much I mean, time do we have? You know, we have all the time. as much as we need. As much <laughs> yeah, as we need. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want so, the whole story or the short version? Well, you however know, you want to sell it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but just I would one I would like to know, and I think our listeners like to know, you know, how you started fly fishing. Was it something you picked up as a kid, and then just kind of you know take take us on your journey of you know yeah. where you started, so was, how you got back here. Yeah. So I was actually born and raised in Bariloche, which is um, a province north to where I am working now in Rio Negro, which means mm -hmm. Black River. And uh, my dad was an avid fly fisherman since when I was born. So every vacation we would take, it would be, you know, going fly fishing somewhere, either going over to Chile to fish for landlocked salmon or just, you know, going camping for three weeks at a time and just fishing. So it's been, I grew up around it. It, it was, you know, my whole life. So it was just eventually something that I think was going to become my, you know, my passion and something that awesome. I pursued. It just took me a long time. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah it totally. just took me a long time to realize that it's what I wanted to do. And that's where the long story just kind of comes in. Um, so we left Argentina when I was 13, 14. And we came here to San Diego. So I finished high school here. And um, then from there, I went to college for a couple of years. And then I joined the Navy to, um, to become a citizen so that I could have gotcha. dual citizenship. So yeah, I joined the Navy. I was uh, I worked with the Marine Corps. So I uh, I was a corpsman with the Marine Corps, which is like a medic. Gotcha. So I was there for four years, deployed to Iraq in 2008. And then when I came back, um, I went to work for the VA, kind of not really knowing what my passion was just yet. You right. know, I feel like um, it took me a while to realize what I wanted to do. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I did was because I thought that I had to. Um, right. you know, becoming a citizen mm -hmm. and then going to college, graduating college, um, and then just getting that quote unquote dream job, you know, that everybody seems to be chasing, you know? So I, yeah. I kind of fell into that system and eventually I moved to DC for a better job opportunity. And I worked there for two years. It was a great job. I mean, everything that I've, that I've done, I've been really passionate about, or, you know, try to find my passion in it and work with veterans at the summer sports clinic in San Diego. And I just stuff that, that was super rewarding, but then right. it got to a point where, okay, where am I in my career? I, I got the supposedly dream job that I've been looking for and am I happy, you know? Yeah. So I, and Alex, you and I have talked about this so many times, you know, where you like, what am I doing this for? Like, who am I doing it for? You know, that's such so, a great point. Like that's, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want no, to no. interject real quick because like you're, what you're touching on right now 
is I just recently had a, a really good conversation with a friend and I feel like what people struggle with the most in life is figuring out what they, what they actually truly need to be happy and cutting out all the bullshit that the world tells you totally. you should be doing and you do need to be. So, I mean, that, that's Absolutely. just, and, and that's what you're touching. So I just wanted to make that point, which is on you know, what, what exactly you're saying right now. So. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. And I think that a lot of people are, are searching for that, but they never actually realize it because mm -hmm. you, you get so caught up in, in the system. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, right. but you get caught up in, right. it's like you have this carrot in front of you and there's always the next thing that you have to get, you know, like, right. okay, so now I need a new car. So I need a better yeah. job. And now I need, right. you know, a master's degree or, and, and then I'm not saying that all these things are not valid to get because, you know, some it's for some people, that's what they should be doing and they're right. happy doing it. But if you're not happy in that process, I think you have to just stop and be like, which I had to do. I didn't have a fork in my road. It was like, what makes me happy? And I figured out that the only time that I was happy was when I was during the weekend, when I would drive two hours to Maryland to go fish. Right. So I was like, okay, I go back to work and all I want to do is watch fishing videos <laughs> right <laughs> and and uh, you know i'm waiting for the weekend to go fishing so i think i just i need to quit so i did and i had you know i had to face everybody you right. know i had to number one my boss who was awesome um and i actually really love my job but it just wasn't fulfilling right um so i you know i quit and i had to face everybody you know like you Everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. Like you have this awesome job. You live in DC, you know, you're, you're doing CrossFit. I was like big on CrossFit then because, you know, I was trying to burn some of the stress that I had. And, you know, like people just looked at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I, How are you going to quit your dream job? And I was I like, it's what, it's what I have to do. I think you become my hero in the in the first <laughs> in the first fifteen minutes of this podcast because I, I you are totally my hero because I'm at a crossroads in my own life and it, it is so hard. Oh, we're, just we're quit, so, dude! Just quit your job. It's the best I don't have ever. a job to quit. <laughs> Shit, I was laid off a year. Oh, even I better. Could, yeah, I know. I'm, even better. Yeah, but I we're we're so programmed to you know that our belief system is so sociologically programmed by oh, what yeah. you know by our Big surroundings time. and it's just crazy when you hear people say the things like you're saying right now because i feel like it is really simple and i mean there was a, a part of my life where i was really struggling and yeah. i think and alex said dude when was the last time you went fishing and i was like fuck i don't know <laughs> it's been a while right. and you have to constantly be tapping in to those things that put a smile on your face that provide right. you that that level of euphoria and and yeah no it's just so refreshing because i mean i feel like this is this is stuff that people know but i feel like people need to hear what they already know like you need to be reminded yeah. of the fact that if you hate your life and you hate your job like there has something's to be something wrong yeah. that's just yeah. it something's wrong and there has to be something you're passionate about so totally so yeah uh, that's just amazing. Like I'm so I'm so envious of uh, of your of, of that self realization. You know that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I feel very fortunate. But, you know, it wasn't an easy process. I'm not gonna mm. you know sit here and tell you that everything was easy. 
But at the same time, it was the easiest thing I've ever done because after that, just once I quit my job and I, and I put myself that goal of becoming a fly fishing guide in Patagonia, everything just opened up. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, but that's it was amazing. It, the hard part was to take that step of saying, okay, mm-hmm. what does Marcella want? What, what is going to make me happy? And it doesn't matter what the expectations from my family is, uh, expectations from society, like you said. Yeah. What, what do I want? And that turned out to be what I wanted to do. So, you know, you what? fast forward five years later and, and, and I'm, like you said, the, the only fly fishing guide in, in Chibut. And it's crazy to me. I look back mm-hmm. and I'm like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> it's so I, awesome. You know, and what I loved about that is, like you said, you know, it, the, the hardest decision was, was really like telling people and, and or mm-hmm. just making the decision. But as soon as you make it, as soon as you put all your effort into this is what I want to do, then yeah. like all these opportunities, like the, the oh, universe is waiting for you to it do is. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it literally Which is. is. Goosebumps because, I mean, I totally yeah. know we've had many of these conversations where, you know, yeah. Remember you called me and I was in Mammoth at the time and I remember pulling over because you were like at a crossroad, like, dude, what am I going to do? Or, you know, yeah. which, you know, how should I go about it? So it's yeah, awesome. You're just, a big uh, part of it, Alex. To hear those conversations or, you know, to, to be a part of those conversations with you and then to see where you're at right now and, and what you're doing. I mean, it's awesome. It's like, like I said, it gives me goosebumps. I, That's so, amazing. So far enough for you. Oh, no, I know. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, that you, bring that up because you know having you in my life it was like the perfect time for me to hear your story because you have a a pretty similar story you know that was so motivating to me you know and just having all these people along the way that just opened their arms and helped me and you know to this day you know there's people that are that are so willing to help and and it might be something small for them but it's something that can change your life you know and and i'm just hopeful that that I can return that favor at some point and just, you know, be, be an inspiration to someone to quit their fucking office job. Right. I think you're a total inspiration <laughs> already. Quit you know yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You guys both have amazing stories. And I mean, Alex, your, your story actually does very closely parallel Marcella's story, like in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, uh, totally. Yeah. yeah and that's Alex what was and really I, cool. I mean, We've had, you know, we'd sat down and had tacos, you know, here and there. We yeah. ran into each other in Colorado last year, just kind of by accident. And we had awesome Peruvian food. And, yeah. you know, and we just talk about these things. Like, it's just like, we just want everybody just to quit their job and follow, follow a dream, whatever it may be, even if yeah. it's something crazy. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. You should be doing what you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always been my fear, and I I would like to talk to you two about this because you're both in the fly fishing industry. And I mean, fly fishing is my utmost passion. I mean, it's a religion for me. And I probably, I fish probably better than 150 days a year. Like I fish a lot. And I've always been so afraid that if I were to embrace, you know, the fly fishing industry as a career, that it would take away it would change the it would change the identity of my fly fishing. Like maybe I, maybe I wouldn't be as excited to go do it. Um, you know what I'm saying? It would just yeah. I would I would associate it differently. I think um, I don't know, Alex. If you wanna if you wanna answer first. No, you, you weigh in, yeah, Marcella. You go ahead I, and weigh in. I think that if you're 
if you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter what you're doing because not, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're doing now, you're, you're going to still want to go fish. If you became a right. guide or you, you became a rep like, like Alex or like myself, I don't, it might change you a little bit, but that's change is fine. You know, you adapt mm -hmm. to change and nothing that's as humans. We, you know, the, the adaptability that we have is a big, it's a big part of our intelligence and, and how you just, you know, you move forward and, and evolve. I think that change is not what you should be afraid of necessarily. I think that that, that passion that you feel for going fishing is, is never going to change probably until mm -hmm. the day you die because you're, exactly. that's what you love. So I right. think, and, but I get that fear. Uh, at one point in, in my life, I wanted to be a photographer. Um, and I signed up, you know, for some college courses for photography. And, and then I quit. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be a wedding <laughs> photographer for the rest of my life. You know, like, right. yeah. I don't want it to become, yeah. you know, that repetitive thing. But now I kind of wish that I would have done it because now I would have had that skill. And who knows, maybe I could have been a, a freelance photographer for fly fishing, you know? So right. I, yeah, you I still think... can. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother avenue. You can go down. It's crazy. Hey, maybe. Yeah. But my point was that I think that you should, if you if you want to be in the industry, you want to talk about fish all day, you should do it. I don't think it's gonna make mm. you resent it because you do it every day or because it becomes your job. Right. No. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. I think it was just a fear of of you know, just overwhelming myself with, uh, I mean, that's always been my escape. It's always how I forget about the world is by right. going fly fishing. And then it's funny because I started working from home. I had, a, I got a sales job, uh, a couple of years back and I started working from home and working from home changed the identity of my home. So right. I started, you know, home is your sanctuary. It's where you it's where you go to feel safe and relax and put your feet up and, and just kind of reset. But when you start working from home, at least for me, I felt like I started associating home rather than associating home with all those things I just mentioned. I started associating home with emails, faxing, right. conference calls, uh, you know, just whatever, like all these things that, 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 that were related to my work. And it just right. changed. And I got to the point where like my wife would get off work and I would be, I would tell her, let's just go somewhere. Like I need to get out of the house. So I think, I think that has to do with, you know, why I draw that parallel and why that would be a concern of mine. And it's really interesting to talk to people that are in the industry uh, involved in, you know, my utmost passion to hear what their take on it is just right. because, you know, so yeah, that's why that I asked. Sense. It makes sense. It makes, and it's a, it's a rational fear to have, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but just do it. Yeah, I would say do it. <laughs> I like yeah, you said it's the passion of the fly fishing that you know will will always be there, and you just you kind of. For me, I appreciate the trips that I take with friends, and appreciate the trips that I do just by myself. It's it's still there. You know what I mean? Even when I did guide. And I loved it. I enjoyed it because then I was teaching people. But those, you know, I took what I loved out of the guiding. I took what I loved when it's just me. I took what I loved when it was a group of friends. You know, and you do, right. like you said, in the, the, the commonality is, you know, is the fly fishing, you know, and, and everything else that just comes with it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't let that stop you, Dave. I think that's no. a big part of it, too, <laughs> Alex. Sorry, Dave, to interrupt. 
I no, think that the, the big part of it for me is, and I've realized this with the years that are going by, is that you also get to spend the time that that you are, you know, working with people or whatever, with people that understand you without having mm -hmm. to say very much, you know, like people that share a passion with you, you don't have to explain a lot of stuff, you know, to someone right. that is passionate about a different sport, I might not have the same, uh, you know, we might not be in the same frequency, but I think with people that share your passion, you can just be in that same kind of, vibrating you know energy or whatever yes there's a meeting of minds yeah. amongst people that fly fish and exactly exactly yeah it, it, it's so natural uh yeah i, I completely i completely agree I, yeah. I don't know this podcast right now talking to the two of you together collaboratively could be the catalyst that, you know <laughs> well, this is actually Hopefully. an intervention day <laughs> yeah. we didn't want to tell you but nobody else <laughs> that's right i had this all alex, planned out alex yeah alex thanks marcella we, uh, you're, you're being intervened intervene. yeah <laughs> that's great no i mean i kind of feel like well the, the craziest thing is i've honestly been thinking about exactly what we're talking about i've been thinking about the fact that fly fishing is, is such a, it's, I'm so passionate about it. And I, I spend so much time doing it and there's nothing I like more than, than nerding out about it with people like we're doing, well, like we're going to do. Uh, right. So it's just kind of like that nagging. It's like this, this voice in my head that I keep, that I keep silencing. I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not listening to it. I keep, I have this tap on my shoulder and I've been ignoring it for so long. And I don't know, eventually, I, I don't know, after you hear the same thing over and over and over and over again, you know, having the midlife crisis right now, I'm 42 years old and people are just, they ask the same question, well, what do you like to do? And I'm like, like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I like to fly fish, but I'm so terrified to go get a job in fly fishing. So I, you know, maybe after enough, you know, after it's been pounded into my head enough times, I'll finally like get the memo, like, you know, dude, this is what you're supposed to be. It's, it's fascinating to hear you guys talk. It's, and it's, it's, it's uncanny that we're having this conversation right now. Yeah, this, it all, it all happens period. for a reason, Dave. I think oh. that, that, you know, it's probably because you, you needed to hear it. And I think that the main thing that you have to keep in mind is not to be afraid of failure because mm -hmm. what's the worst thing that could happen to you? I mean, what, I don't know, you get this job that you fucking hate, then you just quit yeah. it and go get another one. Right, you know, right. you get, you meet people that, I don't know. That, Nothing's ever the end of the world. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So I think not being afraid of uncertainty is the thing mm -hmm. that got me through a lot of stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, so I always think what's the worst case scenario. So my yeah. worst case scenario is I have to come back here full time and get an office job. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, I could do that. I could do it if I wanted to. I don't right. want to do it, but if mm -hmm. I had to, I would. So I think having, having something to fall back on is always helpful, you know, when following a dream, but yeah. always think about what's the worst that could happen. I mean, yeah. And I feel that that's motivating, you know, cause like how many times did you think about how much do you do not like having an office job? And then you're like, dude, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, keep pursuing what I really want to do. And I think, you know, it's good that you know that you can do it. You can always hold back on it, but then there's always the things like, dude, no. And it just pushes you to just keep going for whatever goal it is that you want to do. Like I said, totally. busting through that hump, that fear. And I mean, yeah, the worst thing that could happen. Is it really that bad? 
you know, is it bad that you went back and did an office job for maybe another year and then, you know, right. went after it again? It's not that bad. Exactly. Well, it's you not. guys are, you guys are so ahead of the curve because you, you had that epiphany. You're just, you were both like, this is what I want to do. And I think that that, me included, what I struggle with the most is identifying what I want to do. Because once you, once you have figured out what you want to do, then you just come up with a trajectory to accomplish what you want to do. You know, but the whole thing is when you're just floating aimlessly, not knowing what you want to do, I think that that there is no trajectory for that. You know, well, you can constantly go a million directions. Well, like I said, fly fishing, like that's the, you know, so you just, you like, like to fly fish, fishing, whatever it is. Like for me, when I made the choice to get into the fly fishing industry, I had no clue where, where I would end up or what it would look like that oh, I would even be denied. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> just like, I, I just I knew either. that I wanted to be in it. So I just got the first thing that I could get close to me was a job at a fly shop. And it was, right. that's, that was it. I was making Me dollars too. an hour and it's like, you know what, dude, but all it is, I don't, I could, I could care less how much I was making. And the fact that I had two children to support and a wife and I'm making dollars an hour, it didn't, I could care less, but it all worked yeah. out somehow. Yeah. It, all out. You know, and it then always it just, works out. You know, it, it, it does. does. It's right. really weird. You yeah. just have to let go, which is crazy. It's like mm -hmm. jumping into nothingness and being like, okay, here I go. Jumping Somebody into nothingness. That is, <laughs> that, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly how it... It's well, scary, you, right? But it always works out. And there's people around that will like, just be like, okay, I'll, I'm going to help you with this. Just because people yeah. just show up out of nowhere that are willing to help. And like I was saying mm -hmm. earlier, you know, like for me, when I, when I quit my job in DC, I remember like it was yesterday. So I had given away all my furniture. I was moving back to San Diego and I was like, I'm only going to take what I can fit in my car. So, you know, give away everything. And it was the middle of winter and I was, uh, we had a snow day, you know, we don't have yeah. this in San Diego, but snow day <laughs> is when you can't go to work because right. there's so much snow outside, you right. can't drive. Love so snow. I was not only secluded into my house, but I was only, I was secluded into my room because the only piece of furniture I had was my bed. So it was wow. two days of just being depressed. And I'm like, holy mm. shit, I just quit my job. I have <laughs> no idea what I'm going to do. And here I am just looking at the snow falling. So I was like, okay, what do I want to do? I don't know. I'm going to go back to San Diego. No clue what I was planning on doing. And I was like, I'm just going to Google uh, San Diego fly fishing. So I did. And the first thing that came up was uh, the fly shop, SoCal Fly Fishing. That's now closed, unfortunately. Right. And um, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to send them a resume, see what happens. And that was it. I had a call from the owner and he's like, actually, it was really funny because so I, that happened. I was super depressed in my apartment in my in my bedroom. And I go back to work, you know, the following couple of days. And I'm sitting in my office trying my hardest not to watch a fly fishing video <laughs> and I get a call from a 619 number and I'm like this is, this is weird so I go outside and I take the call at my job and it was it was Peter and wow. I was like hello and he's like hey you send me your resume <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> yeah he's like well I don't know you know if I can if I can do full-time but maybe there's a part-time position for you when you get back and he's like well can me and see what happens and I was like, holy shit, 
I just made, you know, one contact. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what started it all. You know, that's, that's how crazy. I met Alex and that's how I met, you know, Jeff Solis. And eventually that led me to where I am today, to Las Pampas, which is, awesome. it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Such a crazy it's, it's insane. I mean, I think about it now and I'm like, this is what was meant to be. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not a, a huge believer in, in, you know, in destiny and stuff, but it's kind of hard not to believe it. When right. It was just one thing that led to another, to another, to another that got me to where I am today. And I'm the happiest I could be. Yeah. Right. That's so awesome. I remember, <laughs> I think I talked to you on the phone a few times before I ever met you in person. And like, where I felt like we already knew each other. You were like so fired up. Cause I just, yeah. I think maybe I'd left the shop half a year or eight months or whatever it was when you came uh, down there. But man, it, I, I just remember meeting you for the first time. And you were super pumped. Oh my just God. Yeah. I went so I had the to opportunity be... of my life. I went yeah. to making like 70 grand a year to making what? $8 an hour, $9 an hour, whatever right. the minimum was. Yeah. And yeah. I was so Oh, oh my God. I was yeah. so happy to go to work for, for years. I hadn't felt that, you know, right. I got to cast every rod that was there. I got to learn so much. I mean, he really took me under his wing and taught me so much I'm, I yeah. mean, for, for just because, you know, right. just because totally. I was following this crazy dream yeah. and I got to meet the coolest people, you know, from it, I got to go to Christmas Island with my friends yeah. you know now and i'm like what the fuck is going on like what <laughs> where yeah. did all this come from that's you know? the crazy i i don't know this is just uh, very inspirational no question it's so cool to have you on like this is a yeah you have a you have a tremendous story and yeah. i want to i i, I want to get into i want to get into some of these amazing fish that you chase when you're oh when you're when you're guiding down, so you guide down at, at Las Pampas, correct? Yeah, so Las Pampas Lodge is uh, it's where I am full-time. Um, I'm there from November till April. So we, in Argentina, we have um, a season. So for protecting the fish for spawning, we don't fish at the Jeez. beginning of, of uh, spring. And oh, we no. close down in, um, in May 1st, which is, you know, the beginning of fall. So to protect the, the browns from spawning and, and the rainbows, we don't, we don't chase them at the beginning of the season because they're still spawning, some of them. So, uh, and it's oh, illegal to fish, completely that's illegal amazing. to fish. I mean, that's incredible. Okay, I, that's I, why I, you I see the photos of these beautiful fish, you know. Dude, those like brookies. Jeez, like brook, <laughs> brook, brookies are my favorite. And some of those brook trout are just, I mean, they're, just grotesquely big oh they're they're <laughs> massive they're massive they, yeah. i mean what else can i say <laughs> yeah. what what what's what, what's your favorite marcel so you got the rainbows the brookies the browns like do, yeah, what's those, your what's your favorite species to chase those are the three that we have down there um I don't know why I'm thinking about it because I, I know brown trout are my favorite. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, don't brown. get me wrong. I love them all for different reasons. Um, but Let's browns, talk about those reasons. Just, uh, let's get, okay, yeah. Why do you love the browns? Browns are just beautiful. Voracious. And they're, yeah. they're, you know, they get huge and they're, they're eating the rainbows, you know, and they're just, they're like almost like a saltwater fish, you know, mm -hmm. they're just, they're aggressive and they're huge. And every time I've picked one up or I've looked at one, 
they're all so different from each other. I know. That's right. the so, best yeah. part. That That's is true. The, the markings. I mean, oh, rainbows God. are too. You can find right. you know, rainbows right. here and there that are different. And some of them have a lot of spots on their face and they're in their mm -hmm. fins and they're gorgeous. But browns are like, they have so much personality in yeah. them. I mean, they 100%. just get spots wherever the fuck they want. And they right. get these red <laughs> spots. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is me. There's no one else out there like me. That's a great point. I mean, I've taught, I, you know, I've fished watersheds where I'll catch five brown trout and they will all look different. Yeah, yeah. they do. They do anywhere it's, they go. I that's a, I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, they're that's beautiful. They are beautiful. And those blue hues that they get. Oh, I mean, the it's blue just, hues are just to oh die for. God. I mean, I can stare at a brown trout for five minutes. Yeah. Just look at it. I you know, and there, there are some rainbows that have cost me that, you know, and then definitely the brookies as well. But the browns, there's just something majestic about a brown trout. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's a, you know, they're such voracious predators. Like they you said, they're, they're, they're eating everything else. And like they, they fucking buy you when Top. you try to get them. They're like trying to buy <laughs> you because they're like, what the fuck? Are you going to let me yeah. go? Are you going to kill me? Do it right yeah. away because right. I'm not going to put up with this shit. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly it. Top of the food chain. Yeah. They yeah. are. They are. They're like, they're not taking shit from anybody. That's and exactly so, it. how are you? How are you uh, pursuing these uh, these giant trout down there? What kind of? I mean, are you? you I mean, obviously, you streamer. You're you know you're fishing big streamers. You fish dries. No, the no? dries. It's all dries. All dries. All dries. Yeah, that is so I sick. Mean, yeah, there. So that's one of the the big things you know that we that we have down there is that they they are still looking up for a big foam dry fly. It's amazing. I mean. We well, I've fish seen the with pictures of those beetles, dude. Those yeah, beetles. yeah, the Cantaria, Cantaria oh, beetle. They're huge. So we use really big fat alberts and chubbies and just just huge flies that are fun because they're so fun to see. I mean, you're yeah, looking at so this easy. huge fly and then, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, mostly dry flies. I mean, you have the days that are, you know, if a dry fly is not working, we might use an indicator, not an indicator. We, sorry, I can't even believe I said that. I can't not even believe indic that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Podcast is over. Yeah. yeah. No. Can you cut I think the out? first time I'm ever going to edit a podcast is gonna be right there. I've never edited one podcast. No, no, because no, we, we don't. We don't. No. An indicator, a dry fly. You didn't let me finish. Yeah. So we might use a you know a dropper from a from a from a dry fly, but yeah. most of the time a dry works just fine, and that's including the lakes, which is the fantastic part about that's compass crazy. is that Unreal. yeah the lakes, which is you see them rising and you can actually spot wow. them in the lake and then you just go and they'll eat it it's wow. crazy that is so you, crazy so you got that lakes is. you got rivers you got are, are you guys floating stuff i mean it's walking yeah, away i mean so, i'm seeing all these different crazy like marshland and these like reeds yeah. of coolies so there's a really big spring creek that comes into this valley and so we fish that and then the the big spring creek comes into um a freestone river Mm -hmm. that comes straight from the mountains that you see in our posters and everything yeah so that the freestone is called the the pampas river and then okay. the big spring creek is called the rio pico the pico river and mm -hmm. they both meet and they continue on as the rio pico which is really strange because usually the spring creeks come into the come into the um freestones 
but the Spring Creek is so huge that it just takes on the name of the of the Spring Creek. So we fish right. all that water, and then we have the lakes around the area that we fish as well. And some of those lakes are they're really fun to fish because we actually get on the boat and you're fishing towards the shore. So it's very intimate fishing. It's not like you're in the mm -hmm. middle of the lake and you right. just have this thing, you know, a bobber and you're just waiting for the bite. It's like you're constantly casting. Sometimes you're standing and casting towards the shore and then you cast as close as you can to the shore because that's where they're waiting for the big bugs, the terrestrials to fall. Right. So they're just like waiting for that big dry fly to just hit the water. And then you see this huge brown just come out of nowhere and eat it. It's great. But Marcella, so like great. I got, I have to say like, okay, so yeah, dry fly, big, big, ugly terrestrial patterns. No better way to catch them. I'm all about that. But I mean, you guys never fish streamers? I mean, because no, there's. No, we do. Of course we do. I, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to say. Because <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, there's something, there's something. I mean, I love catching oh, you're a streamer fish on dries. Well, no, I mean, there's something about the, fishing a streamer is such a. Like, when you get, like, absolutely just compounded on a streamer, like, there's something visceral about oh, it. Like, it. it is a. I mean, it, it will cause catharsis like i've had streamer eats where like my hands are fucking shaking because it was such a crazy like oh my god or you know just swing around swing swing around to the near side of an undercut or something like that and watching a big fish like that's okay cool so i i had i was i was thinking like at some point you guys have to be totally. you know employing streamers so no that's we okay. do we do we do sometimes you know you can actually see the brown under the you know in the undercut and you, right. you we, we'll always try a dry fly first just because you know it's it's like the most purest way of fishing and we just yeah. love seeing that take i mean it's just nothing like it in crystal clear water but right. sometimes you you go through you go by you go by you go by with a dry fly and then we'll just we know that brown is looking for something under it's not gonna move if it's <laughs> if it's hunkered down there you're gonna we're gonna try with a streamer and then usually first try they'll just Come out and crush it. it. Oh <laughs> so That's yeah, amazing. of course, of course. We're not gonna be like, oh no, no, you can't fight you, you just can't do that. No, we okay. we're there to fish and we're gonna we're gonna fish. <laughs> we're gonna try I to catch that fish. I can only imagine some of the stream reads that you've witnessed, like that you've seen. Oh and, and you don't even know. I mean it, it's visual too there because it's That's like the, the water yeah. is so clear that like when you can see it. You can see that, you know, a, a, a big flashing streamer or a big black one and you just see them chasing. It's like everybody's heart just stops and you're just looking and you're like, oh, oh my God, eat it, eat it, eat it. It's amazing. That's awesome. It's amazing. Right. That is so awesome. Right. And with the it's, visual aspect of streamering, I, I mean, I'm probably going to get shit for saying this, but I mean, to <laughs> me... It is, it, you know, it, it is an experience all its own. And again, oh, not taking is, anything totally. away from, from the purest dry fly, you know, approach. But I mean, watching a fish track your streamer and, and, and twitching that streamer, stripping that streamer and watching the fish react to how you're stripping that streamer and then finally selling that fish on that streamer. It's oh, amazing. It's just oh, such an experience all its own, you know. Like, you don't even need to catch it at that point. You're like, no, just right, seeing just that, that, it's amazing. Right. I'm going to oh. get shit for saying that, but it's true though. <laughs> I mean, just seeing that chase and you know, yeah. your streamer just all of a sudden disappearing. I mean, what else do you need in life? 
Totally. Nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. nothing. Just the good beer. Yeah. yeah, good beer, good food, some <laughs> yeah, love thrown in there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So the, a lot of these fish are, I mean, they're, the fish that are on the, the Las Palmas, uh, Las Pampas Lodge site, I mean, they're, they're monsters. Is that we get an average fish of 18, 19, 20 inches or where? Yeah. 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 I would say probably the, the average is 18. Wow. You know, nice fish. 17, 18 yeah. average. And then you get obviously your trophies and right and everything in between. But, but yeah, there's, there's some really big fish there. I mean, they're What's not it? bothered. They're not, there's yeah. not a lot of people there. So not we're, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And yeah. we take really good place, you know, really good care of the place. We, um, we are very conscious about it. We're conscious mm. about everything, not just the fish, but the environment itself. Yeah. And, you know, just just protecting it. it and not right. just because it's our resource, but because we love what we do and we love right. the place where we are. And, and we want it, you know, to be there for the next generations to enjoy just the way that we're enjoying it. That is so huge. And that's exactly it. You know, could you imagine some of these world-class fisheries? And we have them right here in California. Yeah. There's just a few... A little, little bit more effort in conservation, not fishing during the spawn. I mean, it, right. you know, we could it's have so more. It's so easy to do. It it's easy. Right. Yeah. It's easy, but it takes, it takes a village. You know, it takes right. becoming conscious of what that means. You know, we, and, and having the proper, um, how, how do I want to say it? Just the proper care in place, mm-hmm. I suppose. Like when we're yeah. gone, we have the, the fishing, um, it's like uh it's what do you call it the fish the people that take care of the fishing the i mean a steward you're a steward of the water you're no yeah we are right 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 yeah. we actually have people that are working for the government that's oh, wow. throughout like the winter yeah. yeah so there's there's i don't know if they're like fishing game type of okay stuff. so we have fishing game here right so yes. but we don't have we don't have hunting there so it's just fish <laughs> so I don't gotcha. know what to call it. It's like we have fish. So it's uh we have those people in place and they they monitor and they go to the rivers and they make sure that people are not trying to catch them when they're spawning. So wow. having that in place and having the people that are that actually believe in the system and that they like, you know, the guides being a big part of that, just trying to promote taking care of the environment and taking care of the fish and taking care of the water and, and all these things, you know, it, it's a, it's a group effort, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the beauty of fly fishing. I, I feel like I, people that fly fish are, are just somehow you just become so much more sucked in to the whole world of, of taking care and and yeah. being conscious and and mm-hmm. being a steward of the water that you're fishing and 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 giving a shit about you know treating the fish well and and all these things that you know not to say weren't on your radar before but i i just feel like fly yeah, fishing it becomes your responsibility in, yeah right. it's just like yeah. an indirect responsibility that you have mm-hmm. as a result of the fact that you fly fish you know totally totally we yeah. actually just so a couple years ago um the the part of the the area that we fish that has all those big brookies just became an um a reserve so a state reserve for for you know not just for the fish but for everything the animals and the cattling that's around and all that stuff so it just became a state reserve and we're we're working with patagonia to to protect that 
you know, and to continue protecting it for forever. You know, it should be, it should be something that it's, that it's promoted to be really long-term, not something that we're just doing for now, you know, because we're there or, you know, it has to be something that we're, we're continually working on. And then Mm -hmm. when we're not there, somebody else will take care of it. You know, it's it's, like you said, it's a responsibility that just kind of becomes, it becomes a part of you. Yeah, you just take it on. Yeah. 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 Is it a strenuous battle? Like, you know, when on your off season, are there poachers? Are you guys dealing with a lot of issues that not not too much? No, 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 not too much. It's pretty rural, you know. It is. It's a village of 150 (laughs) people. Yeah. Crazy. I think I I think I know them all. (laughs) Yeah, I would think you would. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's really interesting. It's a it's like a big family. You know, everybody's somewhat related to Mm -hmm. each other. It's you know they've been there for 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 a lot of years and. And if there is one or two poachers, they might know who it is and they just keep an eye on them. And, but there's yeah, not, there's it's not an area that would be yeah. a problem where people just travel there to be purposely poaching on it. Gotcha. So it's, it's very self taken care of, you know, the area right. itself That's is so awesome. remote that it takes care of it, you know, on its own. Yeah. So it's, it's great. So how there's like, is, go ahead, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I just want to know how far is the area that you're guiding from your hometown? Where you grew up. Uh, it's a six-hour drive from where I was oh, born. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's a uh, it's south and it's right. It's a little bit closer to the to the Andes than well, okay. kind of. We're at the foothills of the Andes and in my hometown and, and where I'm working. But really, I mean, it's kind of becoming where where I spend most of my time. So it's it's home now. Yeah, for sure. Totally. <laughs> yeah. We want to call that home. I yeah. do go to Bariloche quite a bit though, and I spend a lot of time there because I have a lot of family. I have 28 cousins, so. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's a family, I know, it's right. great. It's great. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so most of them are there. And so I go, you know, back to Bariloche before coming here or when I go back to Argentina, I spend some time in Bariloche and then I, and then I go uh, intern myself inside of, uh, oh, inside of Las Pampas. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool that there's such, such a, a level of civic responsibility that's so endemic mm-hmm. to that part of the world that you guide in because yeah i you know i live in southern california and i mean it's just everything is uh, not that everything is decimated but that that doesn't really exist you know people just don't really care that much and if there isn't somebody out there you know monitoring and regulating i mean the fact that kind of everybody's out there monitoring regulating is, yeah. is yeah. very refreshing that's yeah. that that's amazing yeah it's unfortunate it's unfortunate here it's you know, totally it's, unfortunate yeah. It's, oh, yeah it's so easy to take care of a place you know you just have to you have to make it your own responsibility and mm-hmm. and, and make yourself accountable you know which right. is what that's maybe true. people have a, have a hard time doing yeah. It just sucks. But like it, we're, a, we're a selfish species. Like, you know, yeah. overall, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm not going to go off on some weird tangent here, but it just, it sure. sucks because we like decimate, <laughs> we decimate and like fuck up. Like, you know, nature is very imbalanced with itself and you know, you, you fuck one thing up and there's a, a literal chain reaction that is affected by that. Oh, so for sure. it, it just, people don't really, I don't know. I, I feel like they're just not really conscious of that a lot of times. It's a bummer. And that's why it's so refreshing to hear about places where you guide, where people are aware of that and everybody makes a conscious effort to 
uh, take care of the bigger picture. You know, that's, that, that's amazing. Totally. Yeah. totally. And it's that's a cultural cool. thing too, though. I think. It is know, totally cultural. I agree. Totally. Absolutely. But, but fly fishing, fly fishing is not that common in Argentina. Uh, not in Argentina. I shouldn't say that, but in this, you know, where we are, the, the local people are not going to grab a fly rod. You know, most people don't really understand what we're doing. It's kind of like when you go to Christmas Island, I remember right. going totally. there and, and, and people would be like, okay, so you're taking a fish out of the water and you're taking a picture <laughs> and then you're going to let it go. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, so it's, it's okay, a all this money to like throw them away, throw them back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I know. Dude. Like in their mind, it's like, the, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. I, they the crazy just, Americans. There's no way, yeah. There's no way for them to understand it. So I think mm -hmm. culturally it's just not, it's fly fishing. It's just not a big part of a lot of people's lives. And, and it, I mean, it would be cool. I would, I would love it for everybody to fish, but, yeah. but it's just, it's not for everybody. And I think that that plays a big part in the place taking care of itself. You know, it's like, yeah. there's not a lot of people poaching and fishing right. during the off season because they're just yeah. not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's also why, you know, pressure, uh, you know, pressure leads to maybe fishing not being so incredible. You know, when you have these little corners of the world that have, uh, you know, these these really uh, prolific fish populations where they're not getting hammered all right. the time, which yep. for two reasons, one, because it's just not a popular thing. And like you said, the general population isn't really, you know, focusing in on that. And right. two, because there is that stewardship aspect where people really are taking care of the fishery itself. Right. I mean, I, I think that's why you have this amazing, incredible fishery that, you know, that you do mm -hmm. have to guide. Yeah, which totally. Is awesome. Totally. totally. And it's really far away. You know, it's, it's far yeah. to get there. Right. So it's that, you know, it, it's far and it's, it's far in the sense of it's far for everybody, not just for people that would come and visit us from here. Right. It's, it's far for, even for me being from my hometown, it's, right. like, it's, it's a remote hours. place. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of self-regulates, which is, which is awesome. And the fish are, the fish are awesome too. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So do we have to touch on the food? So I have read some of the reviews one, you know, obviously the fishing is, you know, out of this world, but everybody raves about the food. Everybody raves about the guides and the staff and everybody, which I can't, you know, when you have a, a place where people come to visit and pay, you know, good money to be there, you can't not be hospitable. But man, the, so what I get all fired up about is just the over, over the wood open air barbecuing that you guys oh are yeah yeah you alex you have to come to argentina to have a I, good barbecue it's not barbecue yeah. i don't like calling it barbecue because we don't have any barbecue sauce nah, it's, it's not barbecue sauce yeah i'm not a barbecue <laughs> sauce guy anyway but it's no, just no no yeah. i know but barbecue to me sounds like a barbecue sauce but right. we usually just put salt you know on the on the meat and, and that's all it needs all so it needs. The, the really unique thing about where where you know i i found my family is that mm -hmm. number one we have an, an incredible chef that has been there for probably close to eight or nine years wow. and he's a cordon blue graduate and he's incredible wow. i mean he's he's really good really good as a chef to do mm -hmm. what he can to use the resources that we have but he's right. also an incredible fisherman i mean it's, oh, it's 
it's almost he, envious. He better it's be. Really, yeah. It's really funny because every time we go fishing um, and we go, you know, we go as friends and stuff and we with them, it's like maybe no one will catch a fish, but he will catch a fish. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, it's, he's a mixture of lucky and persistence. <laughs> so, so he's one of those mixture. guys, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah. 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 Fuck. That's yeah, the only way I catch anything is by <laughs> lucky and persistence. Yeah, I heard about that 35-inch uh, striper that you caught here in San Diego. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, just stupid. I'm I mean, sure just dumb, dumb luck. I mean, speaking of dumb luck, today I got a carp. I got a carp to eat a stripped leech pattern in, nice. in, a, in, in a lake that has, like, less than one-inch visibility. So oh like, I had no God. idea that fish would I, – I literally had to, like, pass right on top of this fish and strip my leech. I don't even know. I could never so do that again. So you're one of those guys. I guess yeah, so. He is. Apparently I am. So, You'd be perfect crazy. for the fly fishing industry. Perfect. Yeah. Once you exactly. Try, I don't, I don't know what you're waiting for. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what is it? So I, so obviously, you know, they're, they're raising, you know, beef. Oh. What else? Lamb, I mean, yeah. So we, goats, we, we, we usually, got? no goats, not goats. <laughs> no. I mean, there are some no goats, goats there, but they're very hard to raise. I didn't know this. I actually really? learned this recently, but. I didn't know goats I didn't don't know. give a fuck i didn't know but they will jump over fences goat. they just yeah, exactly <laughs> we should make a t-shirt be a goat, right, yeah. Be a goat. <laughs> yeah right. they just jump over fences they're just really hard to to race for some reason they're delicious i they're, i love they goats. are delicious yeah, yeah they're really good the ribs heard, yeah. i think they're my favorite ribs out of all the animals really? I've tried. yeah Never had them. oh you have to try the ribs they're amazing they don't have a lot of meat but they're incredible just like tuna really? ribs if you get a tuna rib oh my god it's one tuna of the best tuna. things i've ever tried really i like yeah. tuna but it's got to be the same oh, you should but try like, the ribs i think they just throw them away but the, there's very little meat in between the tuna ribs but if you do that over good. a pan with like salt and pepper oh my yeah. god yeah that sounds fantastic yeah. If I was so like, on, if I if I had to ask like for one last meal, I think that's what I would ask for. Really? Yeah, it's Damn, incredible. Not to go to too much off the rails, but no, no, no go off, off the rails, rails dude. Go <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> that's, that's where, that's, I was going to talk about. Stuff. Yeah, I was going to start talking about goat heads. I mean, that's what I have. Had. <laughs> goat heads and two heads. And, I mean, I, I've never dude. had the goat head. What? What? Is, Alex, so what? They boil the whole head down? And no. You get all the, no? Yeah, actually, all the anything you know, even from the cows, the all you know, the cabeza, everything that you from yeah, sheep to goat to cow, just slow cook them, and the meat is so tender, it's like uh, halibut cheeks, you know, anything, yeah. Beef, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just so nice. it's buttery, it's so good, it's so rich. And it's kind of like, dude, have you ever like really pulled apart a rotisserie chicken? Like that is my favorite. when I I get in a rotisserie <laughs> chicken, but I mean we should no, apologize like you fl- to any vegetarians listening. Sorry guys, <laughs> but no, just like you're saying, the best meat is like these little these little yeah. muscles that nobody yeah. even focuses on. Yeah, and unless you're meticulous enough, like I get a rotisserie chicken at Costco. This I really enjoy it, and I'll I'll pull you know I pull the breasts off, I pull the legs off, I get all the meat. Yeah. 
and then I'll flip that motherfucker over and I pull the skin yeah. off and yeah. there's all these little muscles that nobody even knows about. And they there's a part of the tender. thigh that is really good. It's like this really tiny, small muscle in the thigh that I think yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like yeah. the, the most perfect little piece of meat in the universe. Yeah, you can get it out that's with your finger. It's just like this little dimple. <laughs> I know exactly. It's, it's just a yes, knuckle. Yes, yeah, yes. you pop it out. You pop yeah. it out. Oh, dude. I mean, that. So that piece is amazing. But there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of little, little cool tucked away yeah. pieces of meat that are just so juicy and flavorful. And they are. Like nobody even knows about them. Dude, I went and, and this is maybe like, some I had people to, do. I had to like check myself a little bit so. In the Mexican family, you know, it's all good. I mean, everything. You just, whatever you want, you know, we eat the head, obviously, you know. But I remember, like, when my mother-in-law, well, the first time went over for Thanksgiving, she makes a killer turkey for Thanksgiving. And, like, I'll have a little bit, but, dude, I would be like, oh, I'm going to take the rest of the carcass and I want to go, you know, whatever she wants to do. Dude, and I'm just, like, picking all the meat off the off the carcass because that's, like, the best part. It's, like, it my is. favorite part. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like... Like you were, you know, eating cake in a closet. I'm sitting in the garage, like pulling apart this turkey carcass. So yeah, you'll have to listen to <laughs> that episode. That's a little inside thing that went down. I was actually telling that story to the lady who lives on the on the lake that I was fishing today, where I caught that carp. I was telling her about the fucking eating the pie in the closet with the, the yeah. Shame! It's it's shameful, shameful eating. I call it. I call it. So Marcel, I like the. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna really get to know love and love Dave. He's the I, I like shameful eating. Yeah, I know. I like so the expression. The, I don't like doing it. Right. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. the, uh, I mean, you guys do, like, or I guess, I guess, I guess, as special cooks, when you do the full splayed out whatever it is i'm guessing yeah it's it's a lamb it's a lamb <laughs> it's there a lamb it. oh yeah and they, you know they have the rock wall behind there and the fire but i mean that's, yeah that, that's a yeah i've never so that's done a, that's like a that. big big argentinian tradition okay we um we do we do a lamb on a cross we call it a cross oh. so it's like you you tie it with um what do you call it with like um wire so mm -hmm. we tie it with wire and then you do you slow cook it so you know lamb tends to be a little bit greasy but mm. if you if you slow cook it and you, you melt all that grease off then it's it's really really delicious so, so we do that for uh for the going away kind of thing so the, uh, the day before people go that we just we just do a big asado we call it so yeah. asado it will be barbecue right and um and yeah it's it's incredible and and the lamb come from pretty much our next door neighbor which is which is right there and it's it's killed a couple of days before or the day before depending wow. on you know on on how big they are and and stuff like that and yeah which is it's it's really it's really fresh i mean that's the really cool thing about the lodge is that we know exactly where all our food comes from mm -hmm. so one of the the coolest things and i learned this the first season that i was there is that the, the school that we have in the village is the best rural school in the country. Really? So what they do, yeah, it's incredible. So what they do is uh, they teach the kids how to raise animals, how to raise um, vegetables, and the kids themselves get to sell it 
you know, to the people mm -hmm. around the village. And it's kind of like a little project that they do. So they'll grow this plant and then, um, and then they'll, they'll sell it. So we're one of the biggest consumers of the school and we just go and buy all our vegetables from there. So most wow. of our vegetables come from, from, from the school and then our meat comes from all the people that are, that are around there. So, so awesome. it's, yeah, it's really cool. We get to know where most of our food comes from and, and I think that makes a big difference. I mean, it's, oh, huge. I mean, talk about farm to table, you know, it's yeah, like, right we're living in the farm basically and it's it's right there so it's pretty so, marcel <laughs> i need to get the you do a lamb on a cross like a crucifix <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I know. When I said that, I, I, I was trying to. That's like a fucking word, like a like a deicide fucking <laughs> album cover. Like that is the most. Oh my god! I love deicide. Like, you gotta watch the I, picture. It's not totally. <laughs> I've never even heard of anything like that's crazy. No, we do. It's a, it's a big, big Argentinian tradition. So we do. Uh, I had no idea. Kind of that's cool. A, it's like a metal metal cross. So it's uh it's one big stick with one across it. I mean, it's cross is the the closest that I could come up with, but but yeah. So you yeah. you tie both of the both of the legs to it, right? No, yeah. And I then underneath, envision. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's a very slow cook, so we don't cook usually over fire. It's more over the the coals. The coals. Direct. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So the coals. So it's most, it, and you know, it takes up to six hours to cook. I was going to say how long? Right. Six hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that sounds um, like an amazing experience to like dude. eat something like that's cool oh, you guys really do on the cool. last day that's really cool yeah, yeah so but, we have so when when we get from the last day of fishing which is already an emotional day because you know it's mm. really funny how much you get to bond with these these people these guests mm -hmm. that are there i mean i i have like longtime friends that i still talk to from you know the first season that i was there you get to bond with people you're in the water and it's just you and them yeah. and you get to talk about life and and just everything and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the last day fishing knowing yeah. that there's an asado at the end of it and you're like okay yeah. it's just it's we're fishing but we're also excited about going back and and having this big feast for them you know for visiting right. us and mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's a big part of why las pampas is so amazing and why i feel so grateful to be there is that we are a big family and we love each other so much and we care about each other but we also bring you in and now you're a big, you're a part of us, you know, That's for right. the week that you're there, you are a part of this crazy group of people that oh my gosh. we love what we do. And, and you're here to have a, an amazing time. And then at the end of it, we have this huge feast and we all sit down at the table with you and, and we just celebrate the fact that we just had an amazing week of fishing. Dude, that is so cool. Sounds like an that incredible awesome. experience. Yeah, I mean, as I mean, good as it could possibly be. Right. It is. Totally. It really is. It's it's an it's an amazing place. I mean, I couldn't be happier at how things turned out for me. I feel like, and it kind of you know goes back to what we were saying at the beginning is that once you start chasing a dream, you just open up these like universe doors, you know, that will lead you mm. to where you're you're meant to be. Yeah. You know, I just I right. I feel that way. I feel like the crew in Las Pampas is. It's my family and I get to spend most of my year with them and I get to spend it doing something that I love and, and sharing that with people. I mean, I can't ask for anything else. 
You know, it sounds yeah. about as good as it could be. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, living the dream. It but, is. It geez. is. I am. I am. That's that a, that's so, so cool. amazing. <laughs> I know, and I and I owe it. I feel like to so many people. You know, the owner of the loss. Just like it's kind of weird how that happened. Um, so I met Jeff Solis, which I saw that you you guys had him at yeah at the at the podcast. He's awesome. He's a good friend of mine, and um, and I remember having lunch with him one day. And I told them that I was going to go back to Argentina and, you know, I was leaving, leaving the U.S. And he's like, what are you going to do there? And I'm like, I want to be a fly fishing guide. And he's like, okay, so how are you going to do that? Huh. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, let me call Brian from Flywater Travel. And he's like, maybe he can send out your resume and see what happens. So he did. So I called, you know, I talked to Brian on the phone. I had never met him. And Brian is like, okay, well, let me see. You know, they don't, they, they just have a lot of lodges that they work with, but they mm -hmm. don't really know if they're hiring or anything. So right, right. he just sent it out to a couple of people. And then the owner of the lodge, Augie, he just replied instantly. And he's like, I want to talk to you. And I think Alex, you and I were talking at that point and I was like, I don't know, I need to <laughs> talk. I mean, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I remember. but my point was, that I feel like once you decide to chase that dream, people are willing to help you out along the way, mm -hmm. you know, and they do. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many people along the way that helped me out, you know, just by hiring me at the fly shop and, and you know, right. meeting Solis and him being willing to call Brian and Brian being willing to send it to Augie. And then Augie just picking up the phone and being like, we don't know each other, but let's take yeah. a leap of faith and, and see what happens, you know? And then, it's amazing. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It really is. It, it is. Sometimes I think back and I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. I feel like I yeah. just woke up from a dream. Right. I agree 100%. You know what's crazy is the commonality between you and I is Solis. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, that's so right. my whole story is <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Solus. So Dave, you've already met Solus, dude. He's he's the catalyst for everything. I dude, I Solis. guess so. Apparently <laughs> he is. That's how I got the job down in San Diego was Solus was the only one that returned my uh you know, responded to my email. Yeah, he and, seems like uh, a stand up like a definitely yeah, a like, stand up oh. stand up dude. Yeah. He's awesome. He's a great storyteller. As in, oh. I'm sure you guys know because you had him over. But and it was funny him and I, I was I was talking to him earlier today, and I'm like, is is it okay if I mention the fact that you you know you contacted Brian and all that stuff? Because he's a big he's an instrumental part of how mm -hmm. I got where I am. And he's oh, like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And he's like, what beer are you having? And I was like, I'm gonna have the assaulted by a feather pillow, which I think it's just <laughs> a hilarious name. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh well, Mike Hess has the Solis beer. And I'm like, I know, what? but I would have been like a super fan if I get a Solis beer. <laughs> yeah. And here I am saying how awesome Solis is. And then the valley yeah. that I work out is this the Solis Valley. And I'm like, is no, it really? it's, too, it's too much. Uncanny. That is awesome though. But yeah, he's he's no, he's one he's one great. Guy, he's, yeah, he is. He really is. I might I might just pay him a phone call. You should hang out with him a little bit and shit happens you know, when you when you hang out with him. Jump into the nothing. Not even if you know him, yeah. <laughs> Jump into the net. I love that you I love I love how you articulated that. That is yeah. probably the coolest because that's totally how I feel is that you gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know, what's the worst that could happen? You go back to where you are now. I mean yeah. 
it, it's, it's funny to hear you, it's funny to hear you say that because the worst that could happen is so minor like i've created mm -hmm. quite yeah. a quite a quite a security blanket for myself i've put myself at a position uh to where i really don't have that much i need to worry about so right yeah the worst that could happen is not that crazy but like i said people need to be reminded of the things they already know absolutely you know like we, totally. we become really good at talking ourselves out of things so oh absolutely absolutely yeah. i think that fear is is the worst it's the worst right. that could happen you know and and worse and i mean i'm i'm guilty of this too you know i mm -hmm. still to this day i have a lot of fear and especially in this in this new era that we're living in the pandemic you you don't know i don't know what's gonna yeah. happen nobody right. knows you know, really now, nice. now more than ever, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. But you have to just trust that everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And it will. Yeah. <laughs> well, hearing, hearing stories like yours and, you know, Alex's, obviously, I mean, it definitely, uh, you know, it galvanizes that idea that, you know, like, just like you said, you know, you take a leap of faith and, and good things can happen and you just have to jump into the, no the, the nothingness. Or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it sounds scary, but once you're there, it's relaxing. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. You sound, you exactly. sound relaxed. You do sound yeah. relaxed. You seem I happy. Am. I am. So. I am so happy. I mean, I, I'm happy and I'm very thankful. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like so many people, like I said, along the way have given me the chance without even knowing me sometimes, you know, without right. knowing anything about me, they'll Right. If if they see that you're chasing a dream and you're genuine about it and you you just want to be happy, I think that that's when the universe kind of opens up and it's like, yeah. okay, welcome to the club. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's do this. <laughs> that's exactly it, man. Yeah, and it, it, it's it feels a little bit like a secret society because <laughs> you don't know about it, you know. And then until yeah. you you make that commitment, it's crazy. I mean, like just the whole soulless thing, and then um, you know just my whole progression and the whole thing and yours i mean it, you it, you just all these opportunities just show up you know and there's no other yeah. way to explain them other than you know you fully committing to what it is that you want to do you and have to fully like, trust which is the hardest trust. part it is. it's the hardest part and it's hard for me even today some days mm -hmm. some days i wake up and i'm like fuck did i did i <laughs> did i make the right choices in life you know i'm 34 years old should i be where i am right now but then i look at one picture from las pampas and i'm like man yeah. i i'm just it's more than i could ever ask for just to have lived yeah. it doesn't even matter if i ever go back i mean it's just it's amazing it's been amazing so cool. and and i'm i'm fulfilled which is more than i could have said five years ago that is so cool. You have a very authentic gratitude about your personality. Yeah. About, about when you speak, uh, you exude a very authentic, you know, feeling of gratitude towards the people that. Yeah, How you can I tell that. Well, yeah. but I mean, you can tell you. Yeah, you can tell you're genuinely happy and you're 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 genuinely appreciative of the people that helped you cut the path to where you are now. Yeah. yeah. No, I am. It's inspiring. Am. <laughs> yeah, Dave, do it. Make the leap. <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> the craziest we'll... thing, the, dude, I know so many people in the fly. Like, I don't know. It's, I don't even, I'm amazed I know so many people in fly fishing, but I just haven't really. What you don't, don't know, know is that you're, you're already there. You just have yeah. to do the leap. You just have you to know, commit. 
you know what I love about this is that I, I was kind of nervous about coming in today, but it, this is not about hmm. me. It's about Dave. Yeah, apparently it's about Dave. <laughs> yeah. It's always I about love Dave. It. <laughs> I love it. Enough no. about you, Alex. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm not even nervous anymore. I'm like, okay, Dave, let's talk yeah. about you. You're like, what are let's your talk about Dave. The, ho the co-host of the show is the fucking best. Like, this is the easiest podcast oh, I've ever no. done in my life. Dave, oh, yeah. we are all a fucking mess. Don't don't no. get it twisted. No, we're mean, all a mess. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're on the same boat. Nobody knows. No, it's it's fun. It's fun sharing stories, and is, you definitely. You definitely have a good one, Marcella, and we were so honored to to have you on because I don't know, you just had so much just good, genuine knowledge to share with people. And that's <laughs> well, kind of what it's know. all about. That's what it's all about. That's what this is. Totally. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you guys I mean, I'm thankful that I that I know you, Alex, you know, for these many years and you've been yeah. such an amazing inspiration to me and you still are, you know just talking to you on the phone the other day it's like I could talk to you for three hours and totally. it feels like five minutes you know and yeah. and I feel so thankful to have you in my life and and everybody else along the way that I that I've you know mentioned and everybody that I haven't mentioned but everybody that has played a part in in me following my dream I feel I feel like it's been an incredible journey and the fly fishing community is it's so small, first of all. Right. It's we're a tiny group of people, if you think about it. Yeah. And we're, we are all in it for the right reasons, I feel mm -hmm. like it. You know, we're all, yeah. we're all looking for that connection with nature, and we're all looking to take care of the nature that we are connecting to. So right. I feel like I, I feel fortunate to be a part of it, and I hope to be a part of it for the rest of my life. Yeah, you you will be. You will be. The feelings mutual. I'll definitely so, uh, fish for the rest of my life, Dave, yeah. just like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah. Sound advice. You're so, you're always you're always gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. So Marcella, so if you can just share with our listeners, and I'm excited to say that we're I think we're in 13 countries, and I think we're going to be in Argentina after this. Ah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I hope know. So. It's crazy. I we you know we, we never thought be. we never thought that uh, that so many people would would be super excited about about us and listen to the podcast. But I think it's, no, it's people a, it's, like it's a you. Great project, you guys. I'm very and, proud of both of you. Yeah, thank you. And it, it, thank I you. think it's, it's having you know guests like you and and just being so raw and organic. I think this is what people like to hear, and that's what I like to hear. That's why. You know, Definitely. started this whole thing. But I would love <laughs> if you could share your information on how people can kind of follow you, keep in touch with you, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, yeah, logic right to go. is it something that people can book you or is it like if, if we were to go to the lodge or are you just uh, yeah, so one actually one of the coolest work? things about the lodge is that we we rotate throughout the week. So mm -hmm. you don't you don't get like one guy that guides you throughout the week. Some people some lodges actually do that. Mm -hmm. So we we rotate and we get to know every every one of our guests and you know it's 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 actually pretty cool. And um so yes, if you come to Las Pampas, you'll definitely fish with me at some point in the week. Um awesome. and then I don't know, I do you want me to give my phone number? Or? Well, however, <laughs> whatever you're comfortable. Hey. If you want a date, 
<laughs> hey. Hey. Wait, no, wait, wait, is there a Tinder? Hey, you never know. I, don't, I don't even know how it works. I've never done one of those dating apps. I don't, yeah. I don't feel comfortable doing that, man. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I'd have no judgment to people that do it, but I feel like I don't, I don't know how to do that. So I don't, I'm kind of old school. So, so yeah, no. So my Instagram is, it's kind of hard in English, but it's Mate Patagonico, which I'm sure you guys will, will write at some point. Oh yeah, some, I got somewhere. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have links on the webpage. <laughs> Perfect. So I won't spell that out for you, Dave. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I got you covered. So yeah. So anyway, so mate is actually something that we drink in Argentina. It's a it's a shared oh, drink. You probably we got to talk it. about it. Yeah. We, we so it's can't a, end it. We have to talk about it because I was telling I know, Dave about it. I know. Mate is actually awesome. It's a awesome. it's a very old tradition um, from the indigenous people, and and it's a gourd that we cure, and then we put this. It's kind of like tea leaves that it's like almost like green tea mm -hmm. and you have a, a metal straw that has a, a filter at the end of it and it's a share thing so we would drink it with family and friends and there's all kinds of rituals around it that i won't bore you with because it's like i take it very seriously but you know most people are not so serious about it but it's like you know, the person pouring it drinks the first one and, and then you, the way that you pass it, you know, the, the straw has to be pointing towards the people that you pass it to and same thing when they return it. So there's all kinds of little things about it, but it's something that is very bonding with people and we, mm. we drink it every day. And, you know, wow. there's not a day that goes, it's like coffee here in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, but it's something that we share with each other. So we, we drink it probably more very than, very cool. more than yeah we drink it usually in the morning and the afternoon so anyway that's where my my hat my uh, handle comes from from <laughs> from instagram um, awesome. it's mate mate and then patagonico which is from patagonia so i will but you know what's super cool is the first time that we actually met in person at the fly shop <laughs> yeah i was drinking it we you shared mate with me yeah that i was, remember that i remember you know like i had two yeah we had two bowls of it and i was it was uh it, it affected me i was like super shaky but it you was really like, good yeah, but it was super because cool because there is caffeine in it yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I don't drink telling coffee. Me that you, yeah. yeah, I remember that. I remember <laughs> you, and I was like, oh, shit, it has yeah. caffeine. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink anything with caffeinated. So we I'm had sorry. it, and we had two rounds of it. But it was yeah. super cool, and I never forgot it. That was like, yeah. that was my first No, it's great. And, and when you go to Argentina, and when you, you know, when you come to fish with us, we'll, every morning we'll, we'll drink it. And, I'm in. You know, some people are kind of um, hesitant about sharing the straw because we share the straw. Yeah. Uh, especially these days, I'm sure that it's yeah. different. You know, right. Let's not talk about the. Yeah. The corona. I'm still sharing <laughs> I'm still sharing the straw. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. So it's it's different times now, but usually we share a straw, and some people are kind of hesitant. But once you you gain that trust, and people are so willing to try it, and they That's they it. end up loving it. It's it's a a great food to coffee. It doesn't. I feel like it doesn't make your your belly hurts so much mm -hmm. and it's just it's a good source of caffeine if you if you have to have caffeine every day yeah 
Right. I don't, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> I, I <laughs> no, do. Don't have put to. that in. I <laughs> definitely do. We're going to yeah, have to. Yeah, no, great. Does some of those, uh, some mate, the gourds to us. Yeah, I have a bunch of them. Right from so the homeland. If home you guys land. need one, let me know. I do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying so right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really well, good. Well, Marcella, I totally appreciate you taking the time out of your day to hang out with us. No um, way. Thank you, guys. It's an honor. Yeah. It's humbling thank you, Marcella. To, be, to be with you guys. I feel like, you know, I'm just, I'm humbled that you guys would even consider me to be here. So I, I really, <laughs> hum- I really appreciate it. We're humbled to have you on. We're humbled yeah, to have someone totally. as cool as me? you on the podcast. So. <laughs> Without a doubt. Thank you. Yeah. No, th- thank you, guys. It's been so fun. And, and you know, just organic. Like you were saying, Alex, I feel like it's just the three of us talking and I, I wish yeah. we could be sharing the beer, you know, next to each other, but right. that time will come soon. I can feel yeah, it. It will, for <laughs> sure. Awesome. Well, enjoy your evening. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, we'll uh, keep in touch and look forward to being together in person. Will do. Thank you guys. All right. All right. Take care. Take it easy. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of BFF. Tune in next time for more stories, laughs, and beer-fueled banter. Cheers. Cheers.